Hello, everyone, and welcome to Octopulse, our Detroit News, Detroit Red Wings podcast. I'm Mark Faulkner, assistant sports editor at the Detroit News, and I'm joined by beat reporter Ted Colfin here in our downtown TV studio. Today, a special edition of the podcast, breaking down Steve Eiserman's midseason conversation with Red Wings play-by-play announcer Ken Cal. And Ted, big picture, what were your overall impressions of Eiserman's message to the fans? I, th- I thought it'd just stay patient, Mark. Yeah. I mean, just stay the course, be, stay with us. Uh, he, he told us at the start of the season it was going to be a long process. It's going to take some time. And I think after watching this team most of the season, I think we see that now. Uh, they're going to try to get as many draft picks as they can here at the deadline. You kind of wonder how many they're going to. I don't know how many of their players are going to be very desirable at the trade deadline. But I think the basic core of the message was stay patient with us. There's going to be a lot of work still to be done. Uh, Let's start doing it here. Okay, let's start there, actually, with the uh, trade deadline. We have three clips of Steve Eisenman and one of goaltender Jimmy Howard, who will be in goal over the next uh, over the next few weeks, as the uh, Jonathan Bernier is uh, recovering from his injury. But first, Steve Eisenman. Talking about the trade deadline, which is actually six weeks from today, Monday, February 24th at 3 p.m. You know, our goal is to, you know, if we can, acquire more draft choices. How do you do that? You know, uh, it really depends on what other teams want to do. So I can't give you a definitive answer on where uh, my plan isn't to be passive. Certainly, I'm looking for ways to build for the future. And in doing that, you're trying to acquire draft picks. You're trying to acquire prospects or young players that can come into the organization sooner than later. Uh, as we sit here today, can I tell you we can definitely do that? No, what's basically teams, including ourselves, at this stage, we're getting ready for our mid-season amateur meetings, our mid-season pro meetings, which leads up to the trade deadline. And everyone is doing that between now and the next two weeks. So we talk with other teams and let them know this is kind of where we're at, what we're thinking. Let me know if there's anything of interest or you have any ideas. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, you get a better indication of uh, what you might be able to do come the deadline and do that. But if we're going to do anything, if I would answer it, I would say we would, our goal would be to try to acquire young assets at the deadline if we can. And today, I can't tell you I can definitively do that. So, Ted, what can Steve Eisenman do? He doesn't know really how much interest there is in some of his players. So you can understand him saying, well, I would like to do this, but it really depends on whether teams would want a Luke Glendening or a Mike Green or what value, aside from, say, Andreas That's the Atticio. thing, Mark. It's going to yeah. be a struggle. I mean, look at the guys they have available. You start with the UFAs, Jimmy Howard. Okay. He's playing himself out of, out of a career, basically, this year. Same thing with Trevor Daly. I don't think there's much interest there. He's out, the guy's, you know, he's a competitor, but he's the warrior, but he's hurt every other week. Mike Green, if he stays healthy and can be productive these last six weeks, maybe he can get a mid-round, mid-round draft choice. I, I think there'd be a contender who'd be willing to give you a fourth or fifth round pick for a Mike Green. I don't think Ling, I don't think they're actively going to be shopping Luke Glendening. I mean, he's he's. He's not making a lot of money. He's still under their control. He might be a piece they build around going forward. Still, assistant captain. Yeah. I could see them, but at that, he could. Be, I definitely think he could be traded at some point. Not necessarily now, though, because he's been hurt and he's his value is way down. I mean, I don't think you're gonna get much for him at this point. He might be a better piece to trade off at the draft, probably. 
we're in the summer when you know the teams are building rosters for next year but yeah when you look at that group right there I mean there's it's debatable how much you're going to be able to get. So, I mean, I could see where he's obviously going to try to accumulate more draft picks. But as we sit here, I mean, I can only see what Mike Green may be garnering you something in return. Otherwise, I just don't see anybody, no pieces that people would want. Right now, Steve Eisman has five of the top, say, 65 players, but no fourth-round pick and only right. three picks after the fourth round. So would you also throw in, Ted – Youngsters into the conversation like uh, Rasmussen, Chalosky, Fabry, and even Zadina. Allegedly, they're going to build around those guys, so I don't see them trading those people at all. They've Zadina actually is starting to come around now. Rasmussen has been hurt most of the year, so you really don't know what he's going to be doing here in the, in the near future going forward. Um, Chalowski has been a disappointment in the, in, in the fact that he hasn't been able to stay in the NHL, but I don't think they're soured on him at this point. It's still so early in his pro career. So at this point, those those guys are off the table. You're just talking about the UFAs mainly at this point and Andreas Athanasiu, who's been a disappointment. He's going to be a restricted free agent. I don't think he's long for the organization. So I, I, he's a piece that could be dealt, obviously, at some point. What do you think he would get back from Athanasiu as far as Not a draft now, choice? Mark. No, I mean, no. he's only got five goals. So, right. yeah, you're almost better off maybe waiting until the summertime. Let's hear also from Steve Eiserman talking about injuries. The Wings have the third most amount of man games lost this year. They're at 169 games lost. Winnipeg's at 173. And Sidney Crosby's Penguins are at 174. So here's Steve Eiserman talking about the injuries and how that affects assessing the coaching staff under Jeff Blaschel. There's one or two or three teams every year that just get uh, hammered by injuries. And, you know, this team, we've had injuries from day one of training camp, really. And, uh, you know, regardless of the injuries, you know, our, our record, our team's performance, it's somewhat unfair to pin that, that on the coaching staff at this point. But the injuries make it really difficult to really know, uh, you know, truly what you have. Uh, um, so, yeah, so it, it happens. There's nothing you can do about it. You work your way around it, and it gives other players an opportunity to play. And for our coaching staff, it gives them an opportunity to try different things, you know, and you're kind of forced to, to get creative a little bit, play players in different positions, adjust your the systems you play a little bit, try new things because you're trying to figure it out. So you try to put up, you know, kind of a positive spin on things and try to, you know, learn from it all. So, Ted, what do you make of what Steve Eisenman was saying there about about injuries they really have at least numerically they're right near the top of the nhl in terms of injuries and and, and having to juggle the lineup so well that definitely hasn't helped yeah. i mean it, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of depth at all so when a guy like anthony mantha goes down or Athenus, even though Athenus you hasn't played well he'll he goes down the veteran defensemen have all been hurt danny de kaiser basically for the entire season so it's been i mean obviously you can't afford to lose those type of people luke lindenning was down for a while it's an excuse well i don't want to call it an excuse it's an right, excuse right. i mean obviously with losing that many key people but he's they always talk about how that's the next man up and all and the coaching staff always does it is it gonna it's a difficult 
it's a difficult thing. I mean, you can't blame Blashill entirely because this roster is so devoid of talent. Somebody has to answer for it, though, ultimately. And you do kind of wonder if ultimately at the end of the season, I just don't know how – it's going to be interesting to right. see if they survive or not, I guess. I, I, my gut says probably they're not going to survive, but – you do have to give them some benefit benefit of the doubt of the fact that they have a lot of their keep guys have been down. You don't really know what they could have done with a, a lineup that was healthy and productive. If you're Steve Eisman, what are you what are you thinking? Tough choice. It is. He's not, he's not he obviously he didn't bring Jeff Blashill aboard. No. So that's probably not a good thing for Jeff. Um, he probably would want a, his own guy in there, I would imagine. Obviously, during the first three years, Jeff Blaschel has shown that he can be a, a good NHL coach. He got a lot out of this roster last year. A lot, of, a lot of the young players progressed. But then on the flip side, a lot of those guys have regressed this year. Dylan Larkin has had a bad season for the most part. Anthony Sue, we've talked about a lot on the podcast. He hasn't yeah. played well. Philip Ronick, that's a, a check for Blaschel. Philip Ronick's played well. It goes on and on. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But my gut feeling, I mean, I think Steve Eisman would want his own guy in there ultimately. And I wonder who that one guy would be this year. A number of coaches. Now, these aren't coaches that Steve Eisenman may be interested in, but for different reasons, Mike Babcock, Bill Peters, Jim Montgomery, Peter DeBoer, John Hines was just rehired, Peter Laviolette. There's talk about Lane Lambert, who won a cup with Barry Trotz in Washington and is now with Trotz in New York. And uh, Lambert and Eisenman were... were um, teammates and even roommates for a while when Lane Lambert was first drafted out of the Western League. So right. I'm not sure who might be available. Again, in the past, Steve Eisenman, he, uh, he fired Guy Boucher after a while, and he had a choice of Lindy Ruff or John Cooper, and he took the young coach who was moving up and is now the most tenured coach. It goes uh, Cooper and then Paul Maurice and then Jeff Blaschel. So I think Blaschel has like an option at the end of the season. And so there might be some time there, like you said, where Steve Eisen will have to say, do I, do I bring back Blaschel for one year, extend Blaschel? That'll be a really difficult decision. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at this list though, Mark. I mean, I don't think there's anybody on this list. I mean, Babcock and Peters, for, <laughs> I think they're taboo at this point. Same yeah. with Jim Montgomery. DeBoer, I don't know if he'd be interested in a young in a young roster like this. Laviolette, I mean, yeah, there's some pluses there, obviously. He's taken, what, three teams to Stanley Cup Finals? Mm-hmm. I mean, is this team at that stage yet? I don't think so, yeah. not even close. So that might deter him. I think it'd be, if, it would be some young guy that we don't even haven't even talked about yet at this point. But that's something for late April or mid-April, I think, to discuss. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a veteran coach per se. I'd be a little surprised. One more development from practice today. We mentioned it right off the podcast that uh, Jimmy Howard will be in goal Tuesday night against the Islanders and then likely Friday against the Penguins. And then our next podcast as well will be Saturday against Florida. Today at practice, you guys were talking to Jimmy Howard, and here's what he had to say about perhaps trying to improve his play of late. He's won only two games. He's 2-15-1 this year. I have no idea. Um, you know, eventually, sooner or later, the hard work's going to pay off, I believe. And, uh, uh, 
like I said, just uh, you know, I can't overanalyze things, you know, quit thinking out there and just, uh, you know, use my hockey instinct. So, Ted, today at practice? Another key issue, yeah. like we talked about, Jonathan yeah. Bernier, probably, well, at least the next five games. We'll see about after coming out of the break. But now it's, I mean, it's not another, it's a difficult situation again because you're playing, going to be forced to play Jimmy Howard, who's, let's face it, I mean, cobbling together one of the worst statistical seasons any goaltender has ever had. So you're hoping that he can find his way through here these next couple weeks. But it's just, oh, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, a guy isn't playing well. They'll probably start Calvin Pickard at least at least one okay. or two of those games, I would think. He hasn't looked all that great in those two games that he's played. So, I mean, you're playing five good teams with mediocre or less goaltending. So it's going to be tough. One last uh, Steve Eisenman clip. We'll hear him now talk about trying to draft some of these players in the future, whether it'll be uh, Alexi Lafreniere or Quinton Byfield. Here he is talking about trying to figure out how a 17 or 18 year old will project down the road. I don't want to say it's impossible, but you you know, you have to base it on something. One, you watch the players play, obviously, and then you, you know, you, you based on how they play as 17 year olds and 18 year olds, you kind of project them. Uh, generally, I kind of simply say, if watch them play, if I like the way they play or they do certain things, they're probably going to do those things as they move forward. Can they get physically stronger? Can they get faster to adapt to playing in the American Hockey League, then eventually the NHL? It's, I don't want to call it an educated guess, but it you know takes some time and that's what these scouts that are at it year after year get better and better at it. But again, it's an uh, inexact science uh, because ultimately we can't predict if these players are going to get injured or not. Some of them you're hoping they grow, some of them you're hoping they put on weight, uh, get stronger. Ultimately what none of us know is how bad do they want it. They all want it at 17 but it's a tough road to get to the NHL and you have to put up with injuries you have to put you know setbacks along the way and it's hard work to play in the best league in the world and so you're you know you do it as much work as you can to find out about the person and again now they're 17 and 18 year old kids think back to yourself as a 17 and 18 year old you're not the uh, you're not the worldly man you are today right uh, so and that goes for all of us so you just you know you're watching them go through you know they're growing up becoming adults and and how much do they love to play how, how, how much how much burning desire do they have to be successful time tells that and that probably is ultimately the uh, the difference maker to whether they become great players or not and you're kind of assessing that on a 17 year old so it's tricky so ted there you have steve eisman talking about the inexact science it is a crapshoot mark i mean when you look through the draft list every year and you look through all those names in the first or second round and yeah so many of them fail i mean when you look at four or five years down the line somebody's got a lot of the majority of these people Never make it to the league. You're based, the rule of thumb, many scouting directors have told me, the rule of thumb, you're hoping one player in every draft makes the NHL. And when you look at it, that's about the average. In every yeah. draft class that you see, most teams get made hopefully one, maybe two yeah. players from each draft. So when all these Wings fans are talking, they're hoping every one of these kids in the last three or four years make it. It's highly, highly doubtful. I mean, you're, you're talking maybe one or two kids from every draft make your roster ultimately. So it's it's a difficult process. It really is. You can get 
All your wings coverage at DetroitNews.com. Also on Instagram, Instagram stories. We have a separate Facebook page as well, an Octopulse Facebook page. You can get some extra content there with our Grand Rapids report. Lots of wings coverage there. And of course, you can read Ted in the Detroit News anytime. So thanks for stopping by the studio today, Ted, and we'll see you on Saturday. See you, Mark.